0: The following is a production of Different Brains. Visit us at differentbrains.org.
1: Hi, and welcome to Spectrumly Speaking. I'm Becca Laurie, your house autistic, your favorite bookworm, and maybe your least favorite neatnik. And I'm joined here by...
2: I'm Dr. Kate Cody. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist who practices in New York City. I work with kids through adults on the autism spectrum, conducting evaluations and offering therapy services, and I supervise and train graduate students. uh, So we have more clinicians out there who can support this community. So how was your week,
1: Becca? My week was good. I actually, um, I know this will sort of be oddly timed for people, but we had a holiday this week, so it was a short week for me, which meant that the beginning was sort of, um, I had some deadlines. I had writing deadlines, so I kind of sequestered myself in my office to catch up on things, but it ended up being good because I wrote something, ended up writing something that was not like my usual style and and not about autism, so it was fun. Uh, How was your week?
2: It was very busy also because of the holiday and I was traveling, um, but it was a lot of fun and it was a busy week. I feel like the holidays uh, can be just as disruptive, I think, for me as they as they can be for other people just because it throws off my whole schedule so mm-hmm. much. So I'm in like regroup mode and trying to catch up before going, you know, taking more time off at the upcoming holidays. So.
1: Yeah. I always say it's like traveling is like that thing. You're like, I want to get where it is that I'm going, but the process to get there is just, you know, is it so much that it will take away from the thing I'm getting to? That's always a concern. Um, Well, I am really excited for our guests here today because we have an awesome, awesome person, someone who I enjoy very, very much, and does wonderful work. We are joined here today by Elaine Hall. Elaine Hall is the founder of Inclusion From Within, I Win, and The Miracle Project. She's a pioneer in using inclusive theater to connect with individuals with autism. When traditional therapies did not work for her son, diagnosed with autism as a toddler, she developed an innovative, creative-based methodology, now evidence-based, to reach him. Recognized worldwide, she has spoken at the UN, featured in the New York Times, the Wall Street Journal, on CNN, CBS, the Oprah Winfrey Network, at Amundsen Theater, and received numerous honors and profiled in the Emmy-winning HBO film Autism the Musical. Her memoir, Now I See the Moon, was official selection, World Autism Awareness Day by the United Nations, and her second book, Seven Keys to Unlock Autism, is used as a textbook. This past summer, Elaine led training programs and neurodiverse camps, summer camps at the Wallace Performing Arts Center in Beverly Hills at Brown University in San Francisco and in Hong Kong. She led workshops on inclusion for faith-based organizations at the National Autism Society Conference and at the National ARC. Eileen is on the advisory committee of the Front Range Center of Neurodiversity, and most recently, she presented at Northwestern University on Inclusion Theater. She lives in Santa Monica, California, with her adult autistic son, Neil Katz, who works on an organic garden, and with her husband, Jeff Freimer, a marriage and family therapist. Welcome to the show, Eileen.
2: Hi, Becca, Hi. one of my favorite
1: people.
2: <laughs> I'm nice so to glad to have cake. you. You too. We're
0: very happy to have you. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. Yay. <laughs>
1: We're excited to get started. And what we usually do is to begin by asking people, how did you become involved in the world of autism?
0: Well, I became involved in the world of autism accidentally and yet on purpose. And so why I say accidentally is because um, I adopted a little boy um, from uh, from Russia who He was two years old at the time, and when I brought him home, he spun around in circles and stared at his hand for hours at a time and banged his head, and all I knew was he was my son, and I needed to reach him. He was diagnosed with autism about 10 months after I adopted him. But at the time, all I knew was he was my son and I had to reach him. And so I joined his world. I became part of his world. If he spun in circles, I'd spin with him. And if he um, would bang on things, I would start banging on things. And when he was diagnosed with autism, I realized that this was a way to to be with him. And uh, my world opened up. My world opened up when I learned that this was autism and that there were people who were kind of co-signing my insanity.
2: <laughs>
0: Prior to that, I had worked in the film business as an as a, uh, acting coach for film and TV. And when my son was diagnosed with autism, he was put into a traditional therapy program that did not work for him, it just caused him tremendous anxiety. So I fortunately found Dr. Stanley Greenspan and Dr. Barry Presant, who were really using relationship and meeting the child where they were, exactly as I was intuitively doing with my son. They became my, Dr. Greenspan became my my son's doctor, and uh, they both became my mentors.
2: It sounds like you, you know, definitely pursued kind of that journey that a lot of parents, I think, experience when they're doing the best they can to kind of find the right help for their son that then really kind of pulled you into the community uh, at large, Um, which I think a lot of parents uh, that I've talked to that work in the field, you know, they kind of share an experience like that. Um, Do you mind taking us through what someone experiences that's enrolled in the Miracle Project? Sure. So I'll I'll tell you first just a bit on how what I did with my
0: son transformed into the Miracle Project. When um, he was when I started doing these more innovative approaches to being with him, traditional therapists thought that I was crazy. And so I started training my actor friends, my singer, dancer, actor, plus creative special educators, in everything I was learning about autism all over the country, I trained them and created a methodology for lay people on how to understand autism pretty much from the inside out so that they could help me with my son. And when, so we would, we would, I would have actors, musicians meeting my son through music and drama and dance and all kinds of fun things. And he slowly emerged out of his isolated state, very much a part of this world, still nonverbal, still with autism, but happy and connected and and calm and playful through these methods. A friend of mine, Michelle Wolf, s- said that I should start a theater program for kids of all abilities I really didn't want to. (laughs) I said, no, I don't know how to do that. And as it happened, uh, my marriage ended. I needed work. I didn't want to go back into the film business. So I wrote a grant, got it, and started what's now known as the Miracle Project, which is an inclusive theater program using music, dance, acting, storytelling, film, and Uh, all aspects of of um, creativity for all abilities, whether someone is nonverbal or highly verbal. So when they come into the Miracle Project, they may, if they're, everyone starts in our level one class and we get to know the person not by their diagnosis, but by who they are as an individual and we meet them right where they are. For example, if there's a student that needs to run around the circle, we have what we call co-actors, which are either non-disabled peers or are um, individuals who've been through our program for years, run around the circle with them until their anxiety lessens and they're able to be part of the group. Being part of the group is not as important as feeling safe and supported and calm and connected with that other co-actor then gradually they become part of our group and in within the miracle project we start with an art project then movement body awareness breathing calming techniques then dancing across the floor. If, if, um, people have what's so-called stems, if someone flaps their hands, we'll turn that into a dance and we'll, we'll all flap like birds across the floor. So we really allow each person to be themselves in a very loving, inclusive environment.
1: I absolutely believe so wholeheartedly in what it is that you do, because from my perspective, um, I spent, um, the years of my life from eight to 18, studying theater. So I am very much aware of how much that helped me throughout my life. Um, But how have you seen acting and performing help someone on the spectrum?
0: Acting and performing has shown to be transformational. First of all, being in a room with peers where you can be embraced for exactly who you are And there's no judgment. We put all of our staff and volunteers and co-actors through intensive training and the Inclusion From Within program where people need to own their own stuff and not try to fix or change or diagnose anyone who walks in the room. So as soon as someone walks into the Miracle Project, they're met with curiosity, appreciation, looking at what they can do rather than what they cannot do. So that in itself, by reducing judgment and anxiety, allows for transformation immediately because anxiety is lessened. So that's the first piece. The second piece is being in a room with peers, uh, that some have autism, some don't have autism. It's 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 all a mix and a blend and realizing that we're not alone, that we belong. So I, I always like take that word inclusion and turn it upside down. It's like nobody wants to be included, but we all wanna belong. So theater, as you know, Becca <laughs> from you know from, from being in theater for so many years, that theater really creates that sense of community and belonging that we all need we all want and uh, so just in in being part of the group then what we do is take ideas which some people call obsessions we call them preferred interests and we take the ideas from the group and create original musicals from their their uh, stories, from their experiences, from their imagination. We've done everything from outer space and superheroes and changing the planet to a bullying, a play, the intimidation game, which is a bullying play uh, about what it feels like to be bullied and how the bystanders can be the ones to change the way schools um, and the way students are with people who are bullied and, and to see the ability within people's disabilities. We have a, an original musical that we tour at schools throughout Los Angeles and hope to bring across the country. Uh, we also have a play we did last year. We wrote about work called Work in Progress, where the um, about taking who you are and bringing that out into the world. And the judgments, the difficulties, the challenges, the rewards of being able to be seen for who you are. So being uh, taking your someone's in inside internal um, experiences and then having them witnessed first by a class, then by an audience allows for confidence, self-esteem, sense of
2: community, sense of self joy. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That's awesome. I love that strength-based approach. And I, um, I think, you know, that's something that I is, is moving in terms of permeating the field overall, but it hasn't quite made it there yet. So it's awesome to hear how you're implementing that in this very specific creative way. Um, thank you. Thank you. Have any of the kind of alumni of the miracle project gone on to careers in performing? Yeah, it's pretty amazing what's happened. When we talk about unexpected outcomes,
0: um, my son, uh, who's nonverbal autistic, is uh, has been a semi-professional model. He's presented on stages with Jack Black and Stephen Stills using his iPad. He also presented at the United Nations. Another, Some other students, we have um, someone who came through as a Miracle Project alumni is Rio Wiles, whose name is Soul Shaka, and he's a rap artist, and he's cutting an album. A uh, number of our students have had parts in TV and film in smaller roles on the TV show Parented, and guest starring one, um, Kobe Bird, has now guest starred on... Uh, speechless and then just had a guest starring role on the TV show, The Good Doctor, Um, Spencer Hart performed at the United Nations. We actually had a group perform at the United Nations, so many of them are going on to professional careers, not only in, in Hollywood, which is incredibly exciting. But also, they build such a sense of confidence in themselves yeah. that they're having success in all careers. They're going on to work in um, in offices and as advocates and speaking gigs. so it's it's really exciting and a definitely an unexpected outcome that we are now making
1: a very significant part of the Miracle project. Mm. It's been amazing to kind of see that that pattern happening. It's been fantastic. To other parents out there of kids on the spectrum, what can they do best to support their children that want to be in a performance career?
0: So what can they do to be in a performance career? I think it starts even before that. What can they do as parents when you have a child that perceives the world differently is a parent, I mean, you know, we don't come with a set of instructions, right? And especially when you have a child that perceives the world differently, I think the most important thing is to, for parent to calm their own anxiety, to really find a way to uh, understand themselves and their own reactions so that they can understand their child and not expect them to be anyone but who they are love them for who they are, really be curious about how their brains work, and without judgment. In terms of a professional career, find an environment that supports and nurtures your child for exactly who they are. We get many, many students who come to the Miracle Project who have been kicked out of mainstream theater programs, or have been bullied, or felt that things were going too fast, too quickly. And these are brilliant, become brilliant actors. So a parent should find an environment that really nurtures their child's uh, creativity and understands and supports their differences, that things may take a little more time, and that's okay. The the kids who started out with me, well, except for Rio. Rio was a rapper. Even when he started before he started the Miracle Project, we just provided a, a bigger venue for him. But most of the students who started out at the Miracle Project came in shy, withdrawn. They had not never been a part of a group. They'd never had friends before. And they slowly emerged into creative, dynamic, extraordinary performers. So allow parents can allow their child's creativity to emerge through positive supports, as Barry Prezon says, positive emotional experiences and nurture who they are. If they if you find that they love watching TV and they repeat what's on TV, don't just dismiss it. See that as an ability. Our kids, kids in the Miracle Project, young adults, Adults, we have all the way up to 47 years old now in the Miracle Project, they uh, have a phenomenal, most have phenomenal memories for direction and uh, uh, lines and
1: so nurture that. Mm. Yes, I couldn't agree with you more. I think um, I probably wouldn't have. I wouldn't be the person that I am today if my mom hadn't done exactly that, um, kind of just seen that I was repeating TV and, and nurtured that. Um, so I thank you very much for your time and, and for all of this information and just for, for being you and, and, and bringing us The Miracle Project. Um, can you thank please you. tell everybody where they can find you, find The Miracle Project the easiest and fastest way?
0: Sure. You can email me at elaine at elaineatthemiracleproject.org. You can go to our website,
1: themiracleproject.org. And you can find me on Facebook, Elaine Hall. Fantastic. I thank you so, so much. Um, We're going to move on to our segment. And uh, we are going to be talking about The Good Doctor, actually, this week. And would love Ah, for you to join us. Thank you. We thought we might just be talking about something that would interest everybody else out there which is to talk about um, the portrayal of autistic characters on mainstream media uh, like the good doctor so um, for me I know I have sort of um, come late to the autism game I guess I I didn't kind of find my community um, until about six years ago but I think it was really obvious to me almost immediately how very few uh, role models I could find to see kind of what an autistic looks like on television, in movies, in books, otherwise, Um, and certainly not any autistics that looked or sounded the way that I felt like I looked and sounded. Um, So um, I've sort of seen that cycle Change. I've sort of seen the pattern pattern happening where we are now talking about it a lot differently, and we're actually seeing us. And we're, we're, you know, we went from being in the little like Hallmark movies to all of a sudden now we're, we're, you know, we're on mainstream television with the Good Doctor. So um, I think for me, it was great to see with the Good Doctor the for the very first time the change in language on television that reflects the way we are speaking in our community. Um, and so for me, that was a big win. Like I, as soon as I heard that that's what was going on on the show after I watched the, the first episode, I was in. Um, to me, it was uh, the first accurate portrayal of what is currently going on in our community um, in that uh, pilot. So I, I was really kind of in from there. Um, I would say, I do have issues with the show some, some pieces, but I think overall, I'm kind of, I'm, I'm,
2: I'm a winner on this one. I like it. <laughs> Go ahead. Kate. I, I think for, for me, like one of the things that I appreciate about it that I think it's doing nicely is the way that um, the show is kind of visually depicting his internal thinking process. Um, and I think that, you know, one of the things that I find so many um high IQ or average to high IQ, you know, individuals on the spectrum that they kind of struggle with is articulating how their thinking process is different. Um, or like being able to describe that in a way that's meaningful to other people. Um, and so I think that seeing that externalized and in a visual way, is super informative to people who otherwise might not really understand like what that thinking difference kind of looks like. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I think that is one of the things that is like a really nice positive takeaway that I think a typical layperson can kind of start to understand in a different way that I really, I really like that about it. I liked
1: it too. I think it's an accessible piece too, because what it does is it, even if you can't articulate, this time when you see somebody else articulate it, that you can repeat or you can show Mm -hmm. someone else that. And I also agree with you. It's a pretty, for me, it was a pretty close replication of the way that my brain processes information. So I was excited to be able to say for, for someone to turn around and ask me, is that really what it's like for you when you
2: think, and for me to be able
1: to say, yeah, pretty close. Right. Mm -hmm.
2: And even if it's not totally accurate, Mm -hmm. at least it's like challenging, other people to start to say, Hey, wait a minute. Wow. Like that really is a different way of thinking. I wonder, you know, how, how Becca thinks in these everyday situations. And you and I have talked a lot about kind of, you know, the internal versus external kind of experience of your autism. Um, And I think that, that that's the part that I really appreciate about the show is that it's Um, I mean, obviously, like this character that's depicted is also engaging in certain social behaviors that are being um, felt by the people around him. Um, But I think the fact that it's kind of like demonstrating this really uh, specific difference in terms of the internal process is a nice um, it's a nice demonstration for people. Mm -hmm.
0: Yeah, I love I love the show. I was fortunate to go to one of the premieres and speak with some of the producers and I think that David Shore is the producers um, being so bold in the way that they are they are showing not only the autistic world but the world the the prejudice. The discrimination, the questioning, the fears, the concerns, they're throwing it right out there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Almost like what Norman Lear did. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Back in the You know, and and mm. I think it's very bold and people can see themselves in um, in the show. People who don't have autism can see themselves and they start questioning themselves. I also love how they're depicting the abilities and how everyone thinks and is different. And that it's not just the person with autism that experiences challenges. It's not about that. Everyone around them has their own challenge and their own story. So that the neurotypical audiences, everybody realizes that we all have our own stuff and that we need to have care for, for everyone. So I'm I'm excited about the show. I agree, it's it's not perfect, but what is, and it does beg for the dialogue. And I love that both of you, uh, and you know, as a clinician, Kate, and and Becca, as, as someone on the spectrum, that you feel so uh, positive about the show.
1: Yeah. I mean, it was for me, it, you know, it's every time something new comes out, there's always this moment of, oh, please, please don't make it worse. Just, just please don't make it any worse than it already is. And so, you know what you watch with like, oh, I have to watch because I should watch. I should know what's going on, you know, that kind of thing. But I felt exactly like you did, Elaine, when I, the, you know, the the pilot episode starts and, and right out of the gate, we're talking employment and discrimination like right out the gate no and and you know that's not even just you know an important issue and and kind of you know graphic in that way to be talking about it right out of the gate but also you know it's timely you know in our community this is the conversation we're having right now too it's not like oh that's what we talked about three years ago or you know that's not felt in these conversations that was you know that's what we talk about right now and you know i a lot of people, you know, are always looking to criticize. I think in our community, we are so desperate for the chance for our community to shine that people are are looking to criticize. So, of course, it was oh, of course, it's another white male that's that's being depicted. Um, <laughs> and, you know, for me, it was like, OK, you know, would I love for it to be, you know, a black woman that's being portrayed with autism for a change? Absolutely. But I. Um, can I? Ask, how much can I ask for at once? You know, um was yes. to me. At least I'm we're we're now dealing with an autistic who, you know, isn't intelligent, uh, who's living independently, but yet still needs support. Who's you know, it's it's we're not we're not talking about somebody either who's young. We're not talking about a high school student or a college student either anymore. So I I, I I these are wins, they're steps forward.
2: I think for me too, one of the things that I really appreciated was um yes, he is living independently, but Um, when they depicted, you know, the, the episode where he was going and knocking on the landlord's Mm -hmm. door in the middle of the night Mm -hmm. and not necessarily showing like the awareness of why that wasn't like, why that wasn't acceptable. But also I think the other component of, um, how he had this very specific, like way he wanted the water to be dripping and how that was comforting to him. And then, you know, the super had fixed it when he went in and he was so upset by it. I think um, for me, it was really like nice to see an adult who's clearly intellectually very capable and applying his strengths in a way that um, has so much potential. and, And he's, you know, clearly very capable in so many ways. And then what happens when one thing is undone? Mm -hmm. Um, and how that impacts him and how he communicates about that and how he copes with that. And I think, you know, as a clinician, I feel like uh, often, like, I'm working with individuals through those moments. And so I really deeply appreciated kind of the depiction of that. um, Because I think that those are some of the little things that that can become very big things that are often not talked about or not understood Mm -hmm. Um,
1: or assumed. I I think for me assumed that just because I may be intellectually capable of something that other people may not be that I don't have, you know, that that doesn't happen to me. You know, it's like when people turn to me and say, Oh, but you don't still have meltdowns. I want to like laugh them off the planet. You know, it's just (laughs) like, of course I still have meltdowns. They just don't look like they did when I was six. Right. You know? And so, I, I just I loved that piece, and I think those those moments of looking in his apartment were so important, right? Because it showed you, I mean, those little windows, they're so important in theater and movies and cinema and everything. And and those are the things that give you that depth or the texture of it. So the fact that they took the time to show us how he put together his apartment, because I know you and I, Kate, have had those conversations in support groups, right? Where parents mm-hmm. think the apartment doesn't look like it's supposed to look. They don't have a bed. They mm-hmm. don't have a couch, right? But we don't, you know, as spectrumites, we don't necessarily think to need those things. We want what right. we need. And that's all the box that we think about and it's not important, you know? Right. So I thought, oh, well, you've caught a genius moment, right? You've caught this little piece. And then the idea that, you know, no, I'm sure I had many people asking me, well, what was he doing in the the apartment? I didn't understand why he was using the measuring tape. And in my head, I had already figured out why he was doing it. So in my head, I was like, oh, I I didn't think that somebody else would have struggled with that moment. Um, Mm -hmm. And so I was like, oh, well, I can kind of explain to you why. I, I mean, I get it. Um, and so, you know, for that piece, you know, those those moments, they're almost as important as those big, huge emotional scenes that happen.
0: Oh, they're they're huge. And and for me, the portrayal of Dr. Glassman, that it's not about independence where everyone just becomes on their own as as an adult. It's interdependence. And the way that Dr. Glassman uh, played by so brilliantly by Richard Schiff, that the way he supports the, the Sean, you know, the 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 doctor, the way he supports him when he needs the support. And I think that's a good model for a good parent to be that type of character that believes in him, understands understands his quirkiness and um allows him that without judgment. So all of those things are really Really great. And then I, I do want to say that the producers did reach out to me for uh, characters with autism to play roles with autism. And I, I applaud
1: them. For yes, tremendously. Yeah. You can definitely sense I, you, you you can sense that they're looking they're humbled enough to be looking to the community to ask for advice, which is um, yes. why I think it's reading so well and, and so Um, meaty and and fully formed. And I I think it's I think it's really an excellent show. Um, I do have one criticism. So if somehow this gets to Freddie Highmore, I would say, you know, could maybe listen to a few more autistic people speak. We're not quite that robotic, (laughs) but it is hard. I think it's a hard um, speech inflection and and the speech difference to sort of um, imitate. So those yes. of us with echolalia can do it fairly well, but those of us who don't have it, um, you know, struggle sort of, but though you can hear it almost immediately. Yes. So it's, it's interesting. So that's really, that's the only piece that I think I, that takes me out of the show at all when I'm watching yeah. it. So
0: I'm, I'm there with you. I'm there with you. Exactly. Exactly. So one of my students, Kobe Bird yep. portrayed, and I don't want to, and no spoiler alert for those who haven't yep. seen the episode, but I uh, definitely watch episode seven. Uh, because there is a young man, Kobe Bird, who has autism, who is a Miracle Project performer, and he portrays somebody with autism. He portrays them with uh, uh, having a meltdown, having sensory issues. And I know often people will say to me, well, there's not a large enough talent pool of people with autism to play people with autism. And that's not true. Mm-hmm. You, and they're afraid. They're afraid. What if they have a meltdown? on the, Just exactly yeah, what goes right. on on The Good Doctor. Mm-hmm. What if he has a meltdown during surgery? Well, he's a surgeon, you know. Mm-hmm. And and with our guys, what if they have a meltdown? And I, I say this all the time. I've seen more uh, actors on TV shows without autism have meltdowns on, you know, as we're filming TV, then film, than I've ever seen my students have a meltdown. So Kobe was was perfect, and on set, on film i i'm excited for you to hear actually you know what, what you think of his performance
1: i I, I can share my thoughts and okay it hasn't caught up with us yet but i was i, I knew it was coming on because i had gotten the heads up that it was going to be on so i was really <laughs> excited to be watching it um yeah and i have to, i was so thrilled he did fantastic um i yeah. thought he made some really good choices and i really i'm assuming and i hope that uh, freddie highmore took advantage of having him on set and that they got some time to sort of spend with each other not in character character and kind of you know get to know each other but he did phenomenal I mean I, I you could I mean you can tell the difference you can tell when it's an yeah. actor pretending to be someone with autism versus an actor with autism pretending yeah. to be a character with autism so for me yeah. it you know it just it's another right choice by the producers it's a smart choice they I think they're you're they're really honoring our community really well with this show so that's my take on it yay yeah <laughs> Well, that about wraps it up for us for today here. Um, Elaine, again, thank you so much for joining us today. Great show. Really love having you. I love the work that you do. Again, if you're looking thank for you. Elaine, you can find her at Elaine at TheMiracleProject.org or you can look up TheMiracleProject.org to find out where you can find one near you. As for us, we're going to wrap it up. And if you're looking for Different Brains, you can go ahead and check them out at DifferentBrains.org or you can check out their Twitter at brains And don't forget to look for them on Facebook. If you're looking for me, you can find me at
2: www.beccalaurie.com, or you can look for me on LinkedIn and Facebook. And I can be found via email at, at services.com or via my website, which is www.spectrumpsychservices.com. Please be sure to subscribe and rate us on iTunes, and don't hesitate to send questions to spectrumlyspeaking at gmail.com. And let's keep the conversation going.
1: Spectrumly Speaking is a production of Different Brains. For more information, visit us at differentbrains.com.